Hi, it's Father Rick, and I want to welcome you to St. Michael's Episcopal Church. I'm really glad you found us. Please know that we accept you wherever you are on your spiritual journey, and we trust that God will take you where you need to be, right in God's timing. We're just glad that you're here with us, and we hope you enjoy today's sermon. God bless. You are here, and we are here. Lord, may we be conscious of your presence, and may we be here together. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Good morning, everyone. So, question. How do you win in life? How do you win in life? How do you not only survive, but thrive? These were the questions that I was asking myself as a young 20-something who had just completed my undergraduate degree and was setting out to make my mark on society. I had a well-rounded education in marketing and business and advertising and management, accounting, finance, statistics, all of those. I had read, marked, learned, and inwardly digested all the classic books on success, Think and Grow Rich, the power of positive thinking, how to win friends and influence people. Now, having possessed these appropriate and proper educational tools to prepare me for success in the world, and having the right positive mental attitude, there was only one thing left for me to do before I made my mark in society. One thing to learn. I needed to learn how to dress for success, right? <laughs> now, fortunately, I had a fresh, crisp copy of John T. Malloy's New York Times million copy bestseller, Dress for Success, to guide me on my path into prosperity. Now, this book was um, based on research of like 15,000 business executives, right? And Malloy instructs men, here's the tagline, how to look like a million so you can make a million. And, uh, and so he broke it down, though, from suits, pants, jackets, ties, shoes, um, belts, shirts, watches, accessories, you know, briefcases, and the colors that you should use, um, the power colors of your tie, um, the materials that the suit is made out of, everything. And he decodes the emotional and psychological impact of what we wear and how it makes an impression in the world. So, at one point in time in my life, I thought a heavy starched shirt that rubbed my neck to it was raw was a good thing. See, I took these principles on how to dress for success. But the truth is, you know, as we all know, that, that the premise of the book is true. I mean, dress has an impact and an effect on, on your success in business, in the world in which you are existing. It has a direct effect on your success in life. Um, because people make evaluations and judgments based on the manner in which we dress. Now, of course, this book's 40 years old, and things have changed, thank goodness, um, since then. But today, we complete our summer, uh, we conclude our summer series on Paul's letter to the Ephesians, 
where we have learned about who we are, our spiritual blessings in Christ, um, that, that we have been given a new life through Jesus Christ, right? That God has adopted us, that God has lavished His grace on us and given us a new life and a new relationship with God. That what broke us apart, what um, has been put back together in Christ, Paul reminds us. That we've been given new relationships with the world in which we exist, new people, and that the church, if you will, the body of Christ, is officially and actually a new society, okay? Get that kind of image in your mind, as opposed to a body or as a people, but um, we're a society, we're a culture, right, that's been created by God. And we have a new set of standards to live by in this new society as God's society in the world. See, God intends that His grateful new society be different than the society of this world. Now, the faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, intends that in a society that represents and, 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 and um, resentment and craves vengeance, that in his society, um, his people, his treasured people will practice forgiveness because we've been forgiven, right? We love because we're nice people. No, we love in response to God's love, right? We love because he first loved us. The faithful Savior intends that in a society of greed and scarcity, that his society will actually be one that practices endless generosity, sharing without grudge, not needing to keep for oneself. The faithful Savior intends that in, his, in a society that excludes people and marginalizes people and then wants to fend off anything that's not like us, that, that his society, that his people, this new society that he's created, will practice hospitality and, and be opening to bring others into this new society. The faithful Savior intends that in a society that is um, full of greed, that his new protected society should care about concrete issues of justice and mercy. See, the society that is held in Christ's hand is a society that's filled with thanksgiving and gratitude, always knowing and expressing this gratitude. See, because we've been given this life by God through Christ, that we have been adopted and we're now a part. We share uh, in this new society as a gift of life. Gratitude is an act of rendering our life back to God for all the gifts that God has entrusted to us in this life in Christ. So Paul concludes, after saying all of that, Paul concludes by telling us how to dress for success as we partner with God in God's new society. Just like when you go, like I was going out into the business world, right? I needed to know how to dress. Just like when I go out in God's society, I need to know how to dress, right? If I want to be a success, if I want people to look at me and me to make an impression upon them how I'm dressed, I need to dress for success. Paul says, be strong, be alert, and be ready. He says, build up your strength in union with the Lord and by the means of his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and the power 
of his might. See, the truth is, and you all know this, for all its joys, life is hard and full of difficulty, challenges, and traps. Some of these come from illness. Thank you, COVID-19. Some of these come from death. Some of these come from what other people do. And some of these challenges and traps and difficulties come from our own self-focused ego. Right? You all know what I'm talking about? Right? But God, Paul says, is eager. God wants. God is eager and willing to provide strength to help us live this life that he's invited us into this new society God gives us the power to live in this way to make a difference in this world God's society so we don't have to muster up the strength in ourselves right to make it in this God's society it's not my strength that helps me get it in God's society no Paul Paul says no no this all comes from God Let's notice what he says. He says, put on all the armor that God gives you, that God gives you, so that you will be able to stand up against the de devil's evil tricks. For we are not fighting against human beings, but against the wicked spiritual forces in the heavenly world, the rulers, authorities, and cosmic powers of the dark age. We say in our baptism, do you renounce Satan and all spiritual forces of wickedness that rebel against God? See, as we make our way in God's new society, Paul reminds us that, look, when you're doing God's good and beautiful life, when you're putting on Christ and you're going into the world, you're going to be facing challenges. Despite what view that you hold of the devil, whether he has a red pitchfork and a long tail, or he looks like poltergeist in the closet, or whatever that may be for you, the reality is that evil is indeed real. There is some force, some energy out there that seems to want to take life from folks that was intended by God. Paul says, but notice this struggle is not with human beings. He says, they're not the enemy. The struggle, he says, is against the wicked spiritual forces in the heavenly world, the rulers, authorities, and cosmic powers of this dark age. The battle, Paul says, is cosmic. The battle is bigger than us. Is the plan for God to create a new society? then this power would do everything it can to destroy that new society. Has Christ broken down the dividing walls of hostility of different races and cultures from each other? Has he done that? Well, if so, then the devil, through these agents, will strive to rebuild those walls that separate and divide what God has torn down and what God has put together. Does God intend his reconciled and redeemed people to live in unity as one body, as one society? Then the powers of hell will scatter among them the seeds of discord and sin to try to break that unity apart. There is some ugly stuff out there Right, Paul says, and you got to dress for success. You got 
to be prepared for this because I want you to succeed. True, these principalities and these powers are strong and we see them in our world, in our culture, and even in the church. But the power of God is stronger. The power of God is stronger because it's the power that raised Jesus Christ from dead and enthroned Him in the heavenly places. On Good Friday, when it was dark, and it was dark, it looks like that evil got the final word. It looks like sin and death got the final word. It looks like it won. But on Sunday, that stone was rolled away and he is risen. And in Christ, God defeats sin. God defeats death. God exposes it for what it is, a lie, a deception, a deceiver, right and that power that raised him from the dead is the same power that has raised us from death of sin and enthroned us with Christ. This is cosmic, y'all. Y'all? All right? This is cosmic. So given this reality of these unseen world principalities and powers at work, the truth is that they have ultimately been defeated at the cross and are now under Christ's feet and ours is what Paul's saying. This is huge. Given this truth, then what are we supposed to do? Given this truth, well, how are we to live? In fear, in doubt, in uncertainty? How are we to live? Paul says this, so stand ready with truth as a belt tight around your waist, with righteousness your breastplate, and as your shoes the readiness to announce the good news of peace. At all times carry faith as a shield, for with that you will be able to put out the burning error shot by the evil one. Accept salvation as a helmet and the word of God as the sword which the Spirit gives you. Do all of this, he says, in prayer, asking God's help. Pray on every occasion as the Spirit leads. For this reason, keep alert and never give up. Never, never, ever, never, ever give up. Pray always for God's people. See, Paul's saying, you bear the name Jesus. You bear the name of Jesus. God called, called by God to make this world a better place, to create God's society on this earth. And here's the deal. When we go to do that, you will be resisted, right? It's a world of truth and a world of justice, a world of love and a world of kindness. And if you flip on your TV set, guess what? That world, people don't want that. There's something out there, right? Because of this, Paul says, put on your power suit. Put on your power suit. Put on your power tie and look the part. And he says, stand firm. Be bold. What he's saying is this, stand firm, know who you are. Know who you are, that you are one who in your baptism has been given a new identity and a new world worth that the world cannot neither give nor take away from you. 
It's a sign of God's promise that God will be for us, giving us a good future, even in spite of what seems to be going on around us. It is an act in baptism whereby we have been marked. Right? When you open your coat, for those of wear suits, or your dress, or whatever, right? It says Hugo Boss, or whatever it is, or Hickey Freeman, but ours says Jesus Christ, right? It's an act where we've been marked as a member of Christ's body, beloved, treasured child of God, Paul is saying. So stand. Stand in the truth of who you are. This power suit is made of six parts. Just like John Malloy's book broke down the suit with shirts, ties, pants, jackets, all this, Paul says this has six parts with instructions on the inside for caring for this garment that you wear. He says, one, put on the belt of truth. The truth. What is the truth? Jesus says, I am the truth. I am the way. I am the life. Everything else is a lie. It's not real. It doesn't get the final say. Put on the belt of truth. Get ready for action. Surround the core of your being with the truth of who you are in Christ. Second, he says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. Protect your heart. Protect your heart. You've been bought, purchased with a price with God's very life in His Son, Christ. You have been brought into new relationship with the living God. Let your actions do the talking. Let the actions reflect this life of love. See, you have been made right with God. You have been declared righteous. When God sees you, He sees the righteousness of Christ. Paul says, put on that breastplate, protect your heart. Shoes, these are not Ferragamos, these are not Alan Edmonds. No, these shoes are peace. Put on the shoes of peace, he says. This peace of the gospel, right? You walk in love. You walk in peace. You walk in the truth of the good news of the gospel. Put on the shield of faith, right? Wrap your life in faith, in complete trust in God. He says, this is the suit we wear. Right? Faith, complete trust, the helmet of salvation. You have been bought with Christ's life. Right? You've been adopted. You've been sealed and marked as his phone forever. You have been saved, rescued. And he says, this is your security. It can never be taken away. You're secure forever. We got to know that in our minds. We got to protect the way we think. And then he says the Word of God, the Spirit. This is the spiritual food. Jesus is the Word. And the Word of God is the spiritual food to nourish our souls because it nourishes our soul, but the Word of God is poison, absolute poison to evil. And finally, he says, when you open the garment to see how to care for it, where it says dry clean only, right, or whatever, he says prayer, pray, pray always, Prayer binds us in love to God and to neighbor and is the resolve to live life on God's terms rather than our own. Open yourself to the power and the presence of God through prayer and grow in this intimate relationship with God. This, Paul says, is how we dress for success in God's new society.
Are you dressed for success? How we dress influences every aspect of our lives. And what we wear makes an impression on the world. Paul says, so be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor. Put on the power suit of God. Let us pray. Almighty Father, clothe us with Jesus Christ. Transform us into his image. Comfort us by your spirit. Protect us from the evil one. Fill us with your truth that we are cleansed by your righteousness, calmed by your peace, fortified by your faith, eternally protected by your salvation, instructed by your word, and empowered to rest in prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you liked today's message, please subscribe to our podcast and be sure to tell your friends. You may also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com backslash St. Michael's Orlando. Until next time, remember, God loves you with a love you did not earn, and therefore, you can never lose.